We're continuing our journey in the Old Testament in a portion of the Bible uh, that we have come to describe as wisdom literature. And you might be asking yourself some questions around what is wisdom literature? They're they're the right questions. What what does that mean? You might be asking yourself, uh, why do we have it in our canon, what we describe as the Bible in the Old Testament? Um, How does it affect my life? Uh, What's the use of wisdom literature? They're the right questions, and that's what we want to unpack today. So wisdom literature is a label uh, that we've given to a group of books in the Old Testament um, that serve a different purpose to the rest of the Old Testament scriptures. And so in this category, we have Job, we have Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Songs, and they all fall under this category of wisdom literature. These books uh, represent uh, a community collection, if you like, of experiences and principles that were gathered together um, on how to live well uh, for God or with God and how to live well uh, with others. Uh, But it's worth talking about the fact that wisdom collection was not unique to the Israelites. Actually, Um, There is all sorts of wisdom literature that ancient Near East um, uh, provided. So uh, uh, countries or or, um, empires like the Babylonian Empire or the Persian Empire were also proactive in gathering this this wisdom that was gained um, through community experiences. And so they're short, uh, they were short statements of of catchy phrases that were actually not all that different um, to what we read in uh, some of the wisdom uh, literature sections of our Bible. So there's a, there's a wisdom tradition um, that the Israelites were a part of, along with other uh, nations. So in that regards, uh, they are similar, but there are a few key differences, and that's what I want to unpack um, today. And a big clue for us is uh, uncovering this book of Proverbs. So what I want to do is explore the book of Proverbs a little bit more and hopefully in that process be able to uh, capture some of the big ideas of what wisdom literature is about. Once I was given a gift and um, the funny, the funny um, story about this gift uh, is a coffee table book uh, and it's simply called Wisdom and it's a collection of sayings and um, I suppose thoughts and reflections from famous people. And uh, this book, the funny thing about this book is that I don't drink coffee and I don't have a coffee table, but I still value the gift and it's been uh, significant uh, and, and really enjoyed uh, thumbing through it. What's interesting about this book, though, is that we have a somewhat narrow uh, view of what wisdom uh, is. And uh, in a sense, we're in a, in a library and we're surrounded by books and I'm wearing a, a jacket Uh, And we sometimes uh, narrow down our focus to assume that wisdom is all about knowledge, uh, which is inherently not wrong in itself, but it's a somewhat limited view, limited perspective of what um, wisdom is about. Uh, The picture is not quite full uh, when we describe wisdom as those things that are limited to only a group of people or only with a certain amount of knowledge. That's not what we're talking about. Um, I think there's a risk here in that we fall into the temptation of thinking that wisdom is limited um, to only, uh, it's a a criteria of IQ. Only the smart ones uh, can get wisdom. But that's not what we're talking about when dealing with the book of Proverbs and the wisdom literature in the Bible. There's a much bigger story that's unfolding for us. So what is a proverb? 
It's normally a short saying that conveys a reliable truth about life. And uh, usually these are clever, uh, catchy phrases uh, that become memorable. And often there's a principle under the surface of the literal words. And so we have um, other ways of talking about these sayings, like an old wives' tale. If I said to you, an apple a day keeps the doctor away, um, you're not necessarily going to literally take that approach of eating an apple in order not to visit the doctor ever. Um, that's not what the principle underlying that saying is. There is a, a truth under there that's worth unpacking. Or maybe there's a, a mantra or even a motto. Uh, when I was growing up overseas, there was a, a plaque in my uh, living room and um, it, was, it belonged to my mum and dad. And it just simply said, to serve Christ ever only, always together. And they lived by that principle of doing ministry and life together as a family, but outside into the community as well. So we have sayings in our context, in our culture. We have slang. We have quotes. We have memes. We even uh, refer to um, proverbs. Some of them are classed as Chinese proverbs. Uh, they come from a certain tradition. Um, here's, here's a Chinese proverb. After three days without reading, talk becomes flavorless. And again, you might look at that literally, but underneath those words, there's a principle uh, that can be applied to life. So over the past 10 years, I've gotten to um, know and use uh, another um, proverb, if you like, but we call them axioms. And, uh, and, and an axiom is a statement that is accepted to be true without any controversy. And so here's a, here are a few axioms. If it ain't broke, don't fix it or no pain, no gain, or sink or swim. Uh, in my office, uh, above my desk, uh, on the wall where I can see it, um, I have a poster of a soccer pitch, and there are four words, large font words, that simply say, be in the arena. And that for me has become an axiom over the last uh, 10 years or so, of uh, that reminder that um, the, the, the action is where you find um, experience. It's not uh, on the stands where people criticize and point the finger and laugh. Uh, and it's based on a, on a famous uh, speech by Theodore Roosevelt, and it was affectionately known as the man in the arena. And he's basically saying it's not the people in the stands that count. It's the person that's on the field that stands up, falls, uh, muddied face, um, injured, they get up and they keep going. And that for me personally has been a, an axiom that I've tried to live by. And so I talk about axioms in particular um, because they have some qualities that aren't that different to how we read the book of Proverbs in the Bible. For example, axioms, there are four things. Axioms, the first one is that axioms are born from experience, not theory. Um, in other words, you can read all these books in this library. Uh, but unless you go out and experience life, you might not necessarily know what these books are talking about. The second point is that axioms capture a ton of meaning in just a few words. Uh, be in the arena is easily transferable. I can remember it, but I can also talk to our team about it. And they know what I mean when I use just those four simple words. The third thing is that axioms are memorable. Um, with just a few words, I can... Uh, easily draw that to, to attention uh, in, uh, in different situations. And the fourth thing is that axioms are culturally entrenched. 
So there is a context, there is a culture um, that embeds, if you like, these axioms or these proverbs. Uh, and there's an invitation to not only enter the proverb or the axiom, but enter the culture in which those are found. And so for us, the, the book of Proverbs is filled with rows and rows of sayings that are short, they're punchy and they're to the point. And they're often not directly connected with one another. And uh, uh, the, the, the book of Proverbs uh, is easy to find. It's in the middle of the Bible. And as you open it, it's divided into 31 chapters. And underneath those chapter headings, there's just rows and rows of different statements, uh, different proverbs, different axioms, if you like, that deal with all sorts of different topics that aren't necessarily connected to each other, as we might read in other portions of the Bible. So they are ancient axioms. They are uh, in our context, they're, they're from the Israelites uh, and they were told and they were retold. They were memorized. They were written down. They were captured. They were passed down from generation to generation. And um, let's talk about some of them. Here are some of my favorites. Um, Proverbs 4 verse 23 says this. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do, do flows from it. Here's another one. A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. And that's in Proverbs 17, verse 22. Those who conceal their sins do not prosper, but those who confess and renounce them find mercy. Another two. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. At this point, you would be right in thinking that you don't, uh, they don't sound any different to any other type of proverb or saying, and that's really true. But there are two important distinctions that separate um, these, these proverbs from the rest. And the first one is that wisdom uh, in proverbs has to do with skill, not knowledge. And this is why I mentioned earlier that we're not dealing with IQ. Uh, we're dealing with the day-to-day -day life. So in the Hebrew text, the word chokmah is translated in English as wisdom, um, but also as skill. And uh, a good example of this is found in Exodus um, 31, where um, there is a commissioning um, of uh, a skilled worker who is anointed by the Spirit to be able to make all sorts of creative objects um, in preparation for uh, what God was establishing in the community. And the word there is hokma. He gets wisdom. He receives wisdom to be able to implement um, this craft that he's been anointed to do. And so in this biblical sense, you gain wisdom by putting into practice the things that you know. Um, the, the emphasis is putting things into practice. So that's the first element that makes it different to the rest uh, of the Proverbs around the world. The second uh, element of wisdom in Proverbs is that it originates from a specific um, place. It begins with the fear of the Lord. And that's actually really a strange phrase. And Proverbs speaks of uh, wisdom and knowledge coming from fear of the Lord. And it's, it's odd language, but we're not talking about terror here. That's not what the passage is talking about. It's referring to this, 
this awe and wonder, this healthy uh, sense of awe, um, captivated by the awesomeness of God's presence. So in Proverbs 1, 7, we read, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Here are a couple of other examples. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, says another proverb. And knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. With these two uh, distinctives in place, we can now um, say that the book of Proverbs is different because it's about the ability to make godly choices in life. And um, essentially what we're trying to do is apply God's truth. Many years ago, I had an opportunity. I had some friends and um, they were a little bit older than me. I looked up to them. Um, There were three of them uh, that, four of them, sorry, that were, uh, one of them had just got her driver's license and had bought a new car and was keen to take it out for a a spin uh, one afternoon. And um, I just told my parents, I just asked them, um, just as a formality, really, uh, not knowing that the answer was going to be no. They sensed that that was not a good choice. Well, I was frustrated. I was annoyed. Um, off they went and I was left at home just, I suppose, uh, uh, licking my wounds. Um, I was disappointed and discouraged and I felt left out. Uh, and I really didn't like my parents at that point uh, because of that, that decision that they made. Later that night, uh, we received a phone call that uh, during, during the evening drive, uh, the girl who was driving the car had missed one of the corners and rolled down the hill and landed uh, in a creek upside down. Uh, and the roof was completely crushed. And miraculously, thankfully, um, all four uh, uh, people were able to, my friends were able to get out of the car. But the, the amazing thing about that story was what one of them said to me afterwards. And they said, Danny, if you had come with us, You probably would have sat in the back row, but you're taller than all of us. And if you had come with us, you would have potentially not survived or may have experienced something much worse than what we did. It was a traumatic, um, I suppose, outcome. Um, But really, I was in in reflection. I was really processing the fact that um, wisdom was exercised uh, in that time and place. And I didn't like it. Um, And uh, the beauty of Proverbs is that it deals with um, a lot of themes, which I'll talk about at the end, but one of those is wisdom in the home and that idea of respecting your parents. And I know that some of us don't have mums and dads, or maybe our experiences of mums and dads aren't very positive. But uh, somewhere in our lives, there are people that speak uh, necessary things. And the choice was mine whether to listen to that um, or not. So I'm thankful for my parents' wisdom in that moment. And they weren't able to Uh, persuade um, this uh, inexperienced friend from driving um, this car. I suppose inherently they knew that it was a bad decision, but at least they were able to encourage me not to go. And so uh, I just briefly want to talk as I finish about the characteristics of wisdom in Proverbs. And wisdom in, in this book focuses on people and their behavior. It's not really talking about too many other things. It's really about what type of person you are or what type of person you ought to become and what are the choices that you're going to make in order to become that person. Um, in, in Proverbs, the wise person is the one who makes the right choice and pleases God. Whereas 
um, the opposite of that is a foolish person. And um, there are two words that come up often, and that is uh, wisdom, but also the opposite being folly or foolishness. And another characteristic is that it's not about theory, but it's about being practical. And that's why it's so different to the rest of Scripture, this collection of books, and in particular Proverbs. So Proverbs are repetitive. Um, There is a single message that is being projected time and time again. Will you choose wisdom or are you going to choose folly? And let me just speak into this briefly because I think sometimes not choosing wisdom is foolishness in itself. Uh, Sometimes not making a good choice is in itself making a foolish choice, even though you're not necessarily choosing to be foolish. So there is a sense of invitation to be proactive uh, when engaging with God, with others and having to make good choices in life. When reading Proverbs, uh, we are reminded that we have a decision to make. The ball is always in my court. Um, The success and the failure of our life choices can't be blamed on external factors alone. It's not just this happened to me. There needs to be a sense of responsibility for my actions. And sometimes I'm the one that's to blame for the situations that I might find myself in. The best way to discern whether you're making a good choice Um, or a foolish choice is to come back to two key features that I mentioned. And they are, what wisdom do you already have by the skills and experiences that you've gained? Can you rely on those? What has life taught you, in other words? And the second one being, do you have a healthy fear of the Lord? But there is a catch. Just because you practice these things, Uh, doesn't necessarily mean that everything that you do will work out well. And um, what I'm talking about here is that there there are limits to Proverbs. Um, The book doesn't cover every single aspect of our circumstances. It's a practical book. It's not connected and it doesn't really pay any attention to history. And it doesn't really offer any theology either. Uh, Proverbs are guidelines and if you practice these things, Um, that it contains, then your life will probably go well. But we all know that that's not really the, 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 the true experience of life. Sometimes things don't go well, as well as sometimes they do go well. So what is that? Life is complex. And um, that's where these proverbs we need to understand are not promises. Just because you do these things doesn't necessarily always mean that those things will eventuate. Life is more complex and that's where, uh, in my view, um, you don't just read Proverbs in isolation, but you ought to read Proverbs especially alongside the book of Job and the book of Ecclesiastes. Uh, Because in those three books, there is um, a collective wisdom, there is a voice that we need to pay attention to. Job tells us that life is good and you ought to do these things because they're good choices. Ecclesiastes tells us that Um, Life needs to be lived at the full because you'd never really know when things are going to finish. And then Job reminds us, as Sandy has already shared with us, that sometimes there is an element of God's sovereignty that is beyond our grasp. And that's that invitation to develop that relationship with God. So in finishing, I was talking to a friend about this, this particular message and, and I asked her, what do, you, what do you think about Proverbs? How do you approach it? And um, she basically said 
that I don't know what to do with Proverbs. It's not a book that I naturally gravitate towards. And maybe that's your experience as well. How do we read it? Um, I would simply say, just start by reading it. Uh, You might wake up one morning and open up or use your Bible app and just look up a proverb Um, each day. You might look at 10 or 12 or a whole chapter, but just start with small chunks. Just look at one proverb, proverb and see what it says. And just process it during the day as the day unfolds. How does that proverb speak into your um, situation? These proverbs aren't, uh, the book is not meant to be read all at once and forgotten, but rather proverbs is a book that we go back to time and time again as our life unfolds. And um, we've got to be reminded that proverbs um, carries all sorts of themes, which I mentioned earlier, Uh, the home life, uh, dealing with parents and Um, how to raise children. It deals with sexuality. It deals with integrity. It deals with work ethic, um, laziness. Um, It deals with money. It deals with relationships. And so I just simply want to finish by asking you a question. How is your decision making um, these days? Are you able to make good choices in your life? Or are you um, venturing down the foolish path? Uh, Would you describe yourself as a wise person? And if so, where does that come from? Are you able to acknowledge how God is using your experience to build um, that life that you have in him and how you can um, help others? With that, I finish with an invitation to please read Proverbs for yourself one day at a time, one proverb at a time. God bless you.